official home of the Canucks. Tiki Pete comes out of the box and puts the puck into the back of the net. Sportsnet 650. Welcome back to Bick and the Boss. Bick Nazar, Craig McEwen here on the home of the Canucks. Sportsnet 650. Uh, you heard in the update, Italy and Spain 1-1 uh, in extra time right now. It's getting pretty chippy, C-Mac. Oh, the drama, as they yeah. say. The drama. It's uh, it, it, was, it was a really well-played match for the, the, the entire 90. And now we're getting to a stage now. It's like you can feel the tension and players are really digging in on each other now, too. Yeah, they are. And I just keep watching this and going, who do I want to play England? That's all I'm all that matters to me. If England can get by the Danes and, you know, Yannick Hansen is a a great um, lover of sport and football Mm -hmm. and he could give us a pretty good scouting report, I'm sure, on on Denmark's chances and whether it's coming home or not. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Yannick will join us in a couple of seconds. You're loving the the uh, Casper Schmeichel uh, yes. from today. Yes, I am. Well, yeah, we'll play that in a bit. I, I I guess we'll we'll throw that by Yannick Hansen as well. Like, what does "It's coming home" mean to him? Because <laughs> it was it was probably the quote of the day today in the world of sports from Casper Schmeichel uh, when he was asked uh, uh, what coming home means to him. And, Don't you uh, just love the personality, though? You so know, great. It it's one of those things where sport can sometimes be so. Um, antiseptic or sanitized you know they just don't say anything and and it's the one thing i did used to love about covering the cfl because those players would just put anything on the bulletin board it didn't matter and and mm-hmm. when you see the personality when it comes out like this it in a in a stage of uh you know huge proportions in europe and in london and all that yeah it, it's it's really really nice to see uh, well, let's talk to uh, Yannick Hansen now, longtime NHLer and Vancouver Canuck, and uh, joins us regularly here on Sportsnet 650 on Picking the Boss and the People's Show. Uh, Yannick, are you uh, getting ready for tomorrow? Like, what are the 24 hours prior to kickoff like for you? <laughs> uh, pretty much standard. Uh, today we're hot, lucky to get a little soccer in, so you get a little, uh, little bit of a lead-up. Um, not too much hockey in there in between. Uh, make sure the boys are playing soccer out in the yard so I can uh, commandeer them around a little bit as well. Um, slow and steady, getting myself into into the groove, start painting my face uh, in the early morning, stuff like that, get them to make their, their little flags and stuff like that, and then uh, do not disturb Daddy for a couple hours. <laughs> it, it, is, it is quite the spectacle, and you just love it when it's country versus country. And, you know, the, the darling of the tournament in the sense of the, the story and all the adversity that they've, they've gone through. I, I, we will talk hockey in a second, but how do you size up their chances, especially being in London, which is, is going to be extremely tough? Yeah, I know, of course. Uh, had it been played everywhere, anywhere else, I think it would have been, if not 50-50, then 55-45. Uh, this obviously pushed it a little bit more in, uh, into England's favors. Uh, I read that... Uh, 5,000 tickets are, are given to Danish fans, but only Danish people who reside in England. So it's it's very limited as to how many Danish fans can get in there and stuff like that. Um, but again, it, it is like the whole country back home is it's it's soccer, 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 soccer. And that's all they talk about. Uh, politicians, uh, businesses, uh, you, you name it. Uh, 
the, the country shuts down when, when, when these tournaments and the team is doing well. Hey, so I'm trying to think back. You would have been... Uh, so 1992, six. Denmark wins the... Yeah, okay, so you were six years old. And so your kids now are probably around that same age, right? Yeah, uh, they're a couple of years so, older. But yeah, they're... It, I haven't... Uh, I haven't bred them with soccer the way I was. Um, we, okay. we were. If Denmark was playing, uh, it, it was a family thing. Everybody was watching uh, and cheering for them. Like I said, the, the the national feeling. You guys don't really have it the same way with hockey um, over here. It's a little more okay. I go play for my national team. If it's the Olympic, it's it's one thing, but. Um, the, the the world championship and stuff like that like you kind of have to pull the guys over here to come play and it, they don't see it as a, a, a sense of proud and stuff like that no i've lost out and i'll go do this instead of something else where back home even hockey for that matter as well like you do it with pride it's the biggest tournament of the year you're looking forward to it and in, in august before your own season even started uh so so the, the national feel is something different. Uh, I'm, I'm talking about hockey and soccer. It's a, it's on a whole other stage because in Denmark, uh, soccer is what hockey is to to Canadians, if you will. So it's uh, it's big. It was also big last night in Montreal. You see the passion in the fans and in the streets, and, and unfortunately they can't get more people into the, the Bell Centre. But what did you make of, of Game 4 and, and the Habs you know, staving off elimination and keeping the series going? Yeah, it's uh, again, it's Carey Price uh, is making a tremendous amount of saves. Uh, I saw Cooper's comment today, the, the near misses and stuff like that. And, and that is what Montreal needs. They they. They don't match up with this team on an even keel. Uh, they they need they need to steal the games. Uh, and and maybe moving a little bit away from that, I I hope that whatever team wins this um, the cup, do it at home. Uh, I'd feel bad for Tampa to to win it in Montreal again without their friends, families, and attendance and stuff like that. So if they do win it, uh, I, I hope they do it at home. Whether it's uh, it's game five or day, game seven, it doesn't really matter. But Again, two cups and you don't get to celebrate it with your with your closest. That would be uh, that'd be tough. Uh, what did you uh, like from Montreal in Game Four? You know, we were talking earlier that you know Tampa hits the post four times and it feels like they got away with one, but there were stretches of play where they were able to stifle Tampa Bay a lot. Uh, what worked for Montreal in Game Four that maybe didn't work in previous games? Well, their their resiliency uh, that they keep wanting to play. They don't sit back and. Like we say Kerry Price needs to be the best. He needs to sa- to save them. But it's not like they're burying themselves in in front of him and and are just uh, chipping them out. No, that they're creating too. They want to play hockey. Um, it's a tall task. Um, but but Montreal hasn't hasn't changed. They they played from what I I can see the same way through the entire playoff, and that's what's made them successful. Uh, they're big. They're physical. And again, they they have those guys. Uh, yesterday it was it was Anderson who. Who shone, who, who shined for them, and again, that that's what they need. They need somebody to step up every night to to be the hero for them and and get the get the job done. Um, they're they're one closer now. They're they're sitting right now and saying, okay, if we can if we can steal one in in Tampa, we go back home with an with an opportunity to play uh, at the Bell Center, and then anything can happen. We win there. We're in Game Seven all of a sudden. So one win change. They're your perspective tremendously. Uh, we talk about momentum and everything, but that that one win, now okay, we we can actually do this. We can beat this guy. Uh, 
let's not worry about beating them three times. Let's let's just beat them in Tampa. Let's move the series back to Montreal. Uh, I can guarantee you they don't want to go back there again. They want to get it over. They wanted to get it done in four. Um, I said before it would be nice to win it at home with their friends and families in front of their fans and stuff like that. But 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 you're not you're not singing in those lines. You want to finish this out as quick as possible. Uh, you don't want to give the other team a sniff. Uh, the belief that they can come back in this series. Uh, doubt will creep start to creep in if they lose another one. So there is a ton of things playing into this right now. Where uh, from Montreal you you change the narrative. A little bit, Albert, not that much, but but just enough that that there there is a chance that some doubt had crept in somewhere. You mentioned uh, Anderson and, and the goal he scored and the way he barrels down the wing, Yannick, and goes to the net and then you know stops up, comes back out front. It seems so simple to watch a, a player of his size, his speed, his skill, and yet as average fans and, and people who haven't played in the league, we're like, why doesn't he do that more? What like What is it that makes it so difficult to do that on a more consistent basis? I mean, you're not going to blow by a headman and company every time, but to see him do that and, and that want and desire and will, why is it that it seems like sometimes these power forwards don't do that on a more regular basis? Yeah, it's what we've been screaming at Jake to do for <laughs> for five years now, or if not more. I mean, they have the the body size for it, but sometimes it's like timing has got to be right. You you got to be able to catch the defender uh, a little bit so you can cut in front of him. But but it is coaches are are screaming at guys at this all the time. Even the the guys that aren't that big, make sure you cut in front. Anything can happen. Um, it's it's a little bit dangerous, to be honest. Uh, you don't know who's coming from the other side. You don't know if you're going to get rocked. Uh, cut in front of the net, chances are you're getting hurt. Sometimes the easier easier thing is just to pull up in the corner, look for a pass, or to fly around the net. Um, it's, not, it's not very effective. Um, it's one of those things where uh, those type of players, Anderson, if you will, um, when they do it, it's like a tool in the toolbox that not a lot of other players have. We we talk about uh, what McDavid and Matthews uh, Marner does for their team. Well, Anderson and the likes like him has tools in his toolbox too that they can use that not a lot of other players in the league can do. Um, and that's why when you see it, you're like, oh, do do it more often. It's so beneficial. Goals get scored uh, more often from that. But again, it is it's easier said than done. You can't just do it every time. Okay, I'm going to take the puck, I'm going to round the D, and I'm going to take it to the net. No, there's a lot of things that need to play in. Uh, foot speed, the defenseman, uh, uh, and all these little things. So, But yeah, it's 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 nice to see when, when they use their, their talents and their abilities um, at a premium. Uh, Marcus and Gibsons is texting in to our show. Uh, he wants to know, like, who was Jerome McGinley the best power forward of your time? Who who did exactly like that with consistency? Uh, and or or was there someone else that you looked at and saying, like, he's so difficult to deal with? Oh, how you you're talking to the wrong guy. I wasn't a D, so it's not it's <laughs> not like somebody. It's not what I looked at. Uh, and again, uh, I'm I'm gonna have to take a, a pass at that one because uh, back when. When I just started out, I thought they were all so big and uh, they all just drove the net like their their intent. Uh, then the league shifted a little bit and you saw a lot more smaller guys. And it it got easier to cut in. Uh, uh, they changed the rules. You couldn't you couldn't decapitate guys coming through the middle anymore either. Uh, so you you're seeing it. You, I think you're seeing it more now. Maybe it's just I'm biased. Um, 
but 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 just from 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 that perspective that you're not allowed to uh, to stop them the same way guys aren't as worried about getting getting crushed when they're coming across the middle there um so again i'm, I'm gonna have to take a pass on, on that question as to who were the best power forward back in the day um I'm like yeah i'm drawing a blank sorry <laughs> no worries no problem at all uh yannick hansen joining us here on bick and the boss yannick it's the uh Almost the time for the business of hockey. Usually when the Stanley Cup wraps, things start to take shape. There, There's an expansion draft. There's obviously free agency. There's the regular draft. People can be traded. We've talked to you about how difficult it is during a trade deadline in the regular season, uprooting yourself, your family, moving to another team. I'm curious how it's different in the summer when these things transpire or come to fruition as a, as a hockey player. Or, or is it the same kind of stress strain that that you go through during a trade deadline? No, because I'd even say like um, I kept uh, I kept pretty much my entire life up here when I got traded in March, uh, and then uh, as we came home in the summer, then I went back to San Jose, and it was almost like you got traded because okay, now we have to find uh, a house to live in for the whole family. Uh, and now we have to find schools and all this stuff. And you can kind of do it a little bit at a time and, and making sure everything is settled. So it's a lot easier to do it in the off season where you have uh, two or three, four months to uh, to talk to you, your wife has a chance to talk to the other wives about, okay, where, where do we need to go live? Where, where do we need to, to find schools? Uh, where do we not need to live? Uh, these little things where when, when you have two days to decide where, where, where are you going to do is, okay, we take the first place uh, and the closest, and that's about it. So it's a lot easier to do in the summer. You also feel like you go through the whole thing with the team, the training camp, the meetings, the the team building, the bonding, all, all these little things that you don't get when you get traded mid-season. So uh, I definitely prefer off-season uh, by, by any means. Uh, Yannick Hansen joining us, long-time NHLer in Vancouver Canuck. Uh, a name that's been brought up a lot uh, coming to Western Canada or to Seattle is Duncan Keith and uh, potential move from Chicago, and it feels like Edmonton's the likely destination. Now, it's been brought up as far as, hey, if he ended up in Vancouver, what would a lot of people, how would a lot of people feel? And I've kind of argued that, hey, I understand there's a lot of emotion, but like this is a very strong player that, hey, can help you. You know, when you look at Duncan Keith, what do you see now? And also, you know, how how you know, competitive was it to to go up against him uh, in at his peak? Now, now I see him as kind of like the the uh, Spessa, uh, Corey mm-hmm. Perry, Stahl, those, those type of guys that come in and play. They play important minutes and they push their team in the right direction, uh, and they're doing it at a bargain, if you will. Uh, Keith is obviously still making a lot of money, uh, so they'd have to figure something out there. Uh, but but switching into to how it was, he's obviously not the player he was back when he was a perennial North Sophie uh, candidate uh, that was kind of uh, eating up 30 minutes uh, offense, defense, doing it all, impossible to get the puck away from. Uh, so again, he'll, he's one of those players that if he wants to continue to play, you have to kind of accept a, a lesser role Um mentor uh point the young guys in the right direction um if anything if you're mentioning edmonton that they need these two uh we've been talking about the the d's in edmonton for uh yeah just as about as long as, as i've been in this league um and he's definitely uh something where you can see okay you you mold or shape your d after him and, and you're you're set pretty well 
there's been some discussion too, uh, not so much about Keith coming to Vancouver, but Quinn Hughes talked about possibly modeling himself after Duncan Keith. And, you know, Duncan skated for days and days and days, but there was, um, I'll say a, a competitiveness or a defensive side to his game. Was there not Yannick that, you know, if Hughes could grasp a little bit of that or, or come to terms that, that that would make him a better defenseman here for the Canucks as well. No, absolutely. There, there was no, no liability. It wasn't like you looked at, at Keith, uh, like you looked at, uh, I don't want to throw guys under the bus, but, but Eric Carlson in Ottawa, um, you'd love to play against him in his own end. Uh, Cause it was one of those guys you could take advantage of offensively tremendous, like very, very difficult to play against. But, but an Eric Carlson, like if you had him in your own end, you, you, you had a chance of, of creating some good opportunities where Duncan Keith, he, he was obviously he was better offensively than he was defensively, but there was no, no gaps there. And he was so hard to get the puck away from. He was so hard to, to forecheck. That was one of the, the challenges we had. Like we wanted to come in, finish our checks on Keith Seabrook, those uh, um, defensemen that played so many minutes, but it was almost impossible to, to close in on him because uh, his feet work and skating was so good that it got him out of so much trouble. Um, so it's almost like you, you didn't get in and hem them in because they were always breaking out whenever you, you done the puck on them. Uh, so he was, uh, he was a complete defenseman that there, there's no question about that. Uh, and a guy that, that you'd love to have on, on your team if you're uh, looking to go anywhere. When you kind of compare those two players there, Keith and Carlson, like what is the difference that steps up in, in the defensive zone? Is it competitiveness? Is it you know battle level along the boards? Is it positioning awareness? Like what stood out to you that that, that yeah, made it, it easier? It's it's, it's it's a little bit of a, a full packet. It's not cheating the game. Uh, not not trying to go to too much offense. Uh, uh, easy stick work. Uh, like Keith had a he had a nasty side to him. I, I borderline dirty. Uh, obviously, it's been talked about here more than it uh, than it probably should have. But but he he didn't shy away uh, in any way either. Um, so so it's it's making sure you're you're playing your role defense first, and then we let the offense come. Where oftentimes uh, Quinn as well, like let's get to offense right away. Let's go 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 go. But hey, we maybe like pull back a little bit and and make sure we don't get scored on, and then we go. Uh, so like I say, you, you can't cheat the game. Uh, and some of these offensively gifted defensemen, they want to go so fast. They want to join up and jump the rush for sometimes maybe it, it's not the right time. Uh, some of that will come with, with experience as well. Um, and some of it is just uh, in, in their nature. He is Yannick Hansen, a longtime NHLer and Vancouver Canuck, joins us weekly here on Bick and the Boss. Thank you very much, and uh, best of luck tomorrow. Uh, Thank you very much. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Uh, actually, we, we do have a question as well in our inbox, you know, because yeah. the, the big phrase from England is it's coming home. So how do you say it's not going home in Danish? Well, it's never gone home because they've never won it before. <laughs> we have. <laughs> there you go. Uh, again, good luck tomorrow. We'll talk to you on Friday. Thank you. I can't wait to uh, see how that result goes. Uh, certainly we'll be happy for Yannick Hansen and uh, all of Denmark uh, should they manage to pull an upset off versus England. Can't wait, C-Mac. It's, it's tomorrow. Yeah, I can't wait either. I'm I'm really looking forward to it and, and hoping the, not the fairy tale, but the great story continues with the Danes and, and they can, you know, push an English side that hasn't, 
really faced a ton of adversity in this tournament as of yet. Um, really looking forward to it. Uh, we'll go to break. Uh, we'll come back and we'll kind of have an idea of where Italy and Spain are trending. Should they get to the dreaded penalty spots? Because uh, it is tied 1-1 right now in the 113th minute. Uh, so we'll get to... We'll go to break. We'll, we'll play back what Casper Schmeichel had to say uh, in his media availability today uh, in Europe, and then we'll kind of get close to the conclusion of this Italy-Spain match. It's Bick and the Boss here on the home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650. Oh, it's so good. That's Casper Schmeichel, the Danish goalkeeper earlier today, when asked about it's coming home. You know what? I, I like... That he fought off. Okay, because the phrase has a certain level of arrogance, C-Mac, to it. Yes. And I, I like that he fought it back with little tongue-in-cheek arrogance himself of, like, it, it, it doesn't go home, ever. It's a, it's a bit standoffish to, to claim it does. I, I love that he did it. You wonder, is that off the cuff? Or is that one of those no, things the boys in not. the locker room are kind of laughing and say, if someone asks us about it coming home, I'm going to say it's never coming home. I mean, it's like it home? <laughs> <laughs> the, it, it, the, the guy asking the question almost sounded like the British Brendan Batchelor when he does his Travis Green questions. But yeah, you know, but, you know, hats off to him for standing up and hats off for the reporter to kind of, well, fire back a little bit. Well, wrongly, hang on. You know, it, like it, it, it sounded like a British reporter, and yeah, but but sometimes when you're challenged in those situations, and it depends where you are in your career. Listen, I I've been called out by a, a few NHL head coaches in Pray my tell. day. Uh, you know, the the Glenn Sather once called me out in a situation, and and I was you know couldn't even come with a comeback. Uh, Mike Keenan, one time I asked if. Uh, he was going to let, I can't remember who the goalie was. We're going to let him take the ball and run with it. And Keenan glared at me for about 20 seconds and goes, are we talking hockey or football? And I was just like, oh, <laughs> oh man. That's semantics. I was, Come on. I was just so um, stunned. And then in later years, you, you learn to roll with it and, and, and fire back as best you can. But Schmeichel did a very good job of stopping that right, right in its tracks, saying, you know, does it, has it come home? Uh, uh, I don't know. Have you ever won World it? Cup. <laughs> it's so good it's so good and look I, I bet you there's an element of yeah guys in the room are thinking like oh they keep chanting it's coming home and we're the ones to stop it and I think part of that mentality of because I, I think they were probably prepared of hey having to play this match in Wembley and you know being in front of the fans and all that sort of stuff you're going to hear it's coming home but if you're Denmark and like think of what they've been through in this tournament like, yeah. results aside and all this sort of stuff, having to go through watching what happened to Christian Eriksen, your friend on the pitch, all that sort of stuff, do you think playing in Wembley is going to phase any of these guys? Like, 60,000 hostile fans or whatever it's going to be? Like, it, the, 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 the mind... Tr the, the, sorry. The tricks your mind could play on you of the pressure of dealing with that scenario is nothing compared to what they already went through. And... Dealing with that pressure of playing in Wembley versus England is it, it, going to be nothing to them. And I, I looked at that moment. I thought, that's a guy who is loose, a leader on that team. And that's like he, he, he did it with a smirk. It wasn't like, oh, I'm, I'm taking this scripted shot and I wonder how it's going to react. No, no, he did that with a smirk. And I think full and well knew what he was doing and kind of setting the tone for a team and say, hey, we can approach this loosely. Like, 
we've been through far worse this tournament. Totally agree with you. Uh, and listen, they're the underdogs. You love to play the role of the underdogs. And by the way, watching this uh, Spain, Italy, is there enough hugging and laughing going on, setting up this PK situation? Yeah, what's going on here? Like, like these guys like, are like, Alba they look like they're about and, to fight. And yeah. they, they, they're laughing at each other. They're they're mock punching each other. The goalies are hugging. Like, is this uh, a, a Wait, do, do or die have a situation? Are they are they uh, are they just you know out for a, a game in the park with your buddies? It's 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 amazing, I, I guess, showing that the pressure isn't getting to either side. But now it gets for real. This is you know as as I said before in the air, my old coach at SFU Keith Watch used to call it. It's a, it's a lottery. It's it's a coin flip, in my opinion. Um, you, you see the greatest uh, penalty takers in the world. Uh, choke goalies make saves some some great players don't even want to take a pk so mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting to see but back to your point about the, the danes and and not being i'll say intimidated by playing in england a lot of them you know know what it's like to play in the biggest stage in europe a lot of them know what it's like to play in england and being an underdog and going against a team like that who's at home and and should be feeling all the pressure uh you 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 like where their mindset would be going into tomorrow uh marcus and gibson's it's coming home canucks 2023 cup run because the millionaires won it in the stone age see why not just adopt it as your own uh slogan just apparently you don't need to win the tournament to have make that your slogan so yeah 2022 or this season canucks the phrase can be it's coming home the cup's coming home does it not have to be coming home that you've invented the sport? And I guess maybe Canada and Canada. hockey, I guess. Yeah, you're right. It, it's coming home. So it could come home anywhere. Yeah. Uh, but in so basketball, tomorrow. it could. It, basketball, it could only come home to Toronto with the Naismith inv- inventing basketball. Well, he? wasn't it? Uh, yeah. Okay. So Naismith does it. But wasn't it invented in Kansas? Probably. But I'm. So. Yeah, potato, potato, semantics. Uh, anyway, so we'll keep an eye on the pens here uh, and update you as uh, as it finishes. But tomorrow, Denmark, England. Um, you know, when we talk about being an underdog, and yeah, you can you can do this. I, I kind of feel like Denmark's got a better chance than people realize, and I think they could be frisky enough. I, I do think England's going to win, but I don't think it's going to look like Ukraine and that match. No. The Danes are much more organized. They have some uh, attacking wingbacks that can get forward. And again, Bick, I, I, I say this, you know, teams who win championships have to face some sort of adversity along the way. And you can argue England had to play Germany, but they really haven't been pushed to the brink. And when you are pushed to the brink, especially in the game of soccer, it is sometimes so difficult and so hard to get over the hump when it's just not going your way and you can't find a, a goal. It, it's it's one of those sports where you can be defending for a lot of time, gets two chances, and all of a sudden, you know, you've won a provincial championship. Uh, that's That happened to me. We had two shots on goal. And, and we won, <laughs> I was going to say, we, that was way we, too specific of an example that, to not that, be real. That, that, way back in the day, Metro Ford, uh, you know, they were loaded with uh, future Canadian Soccer League All-Stars, and we were a year younger, and we had two shots on goal. They both went in, and we ended up winning. Shouldn't have, but we did. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, in the middle of the pens uh, right now, and uh, both both takers have missed the first one, and uh, so it's still 0-0 uh, as we go along here. But, okay, um, 
tomorrow, uh, yeah, I, I'll I'll pick England to win. Uh, probably like a two-one scoreline or something like that. How they set up, it, it's tactically. I think England have been really sharp throughout the course of this whole uh, yeah. tournament. How, how they've set up now the, the Scotland match. You know, Scotland had some success, obviously, and uh, couldn't convert anything. But they had a couple of chances, I thought, uh, carried the play. But England's really started to sort it out tactically. I, as much as I want them to be a bit more ambitious and play, hey, your 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 Grealishes more often and Sancho more often, they've gotten it right. So I think they're going to be very formidable. But again, the the Danes have been one of the teams that like to shoot the most. And so we'll, we'll see if that's uh, something that prevails tomorrow and uh, troubles uh, England. Well, England has used their bench so wisely. Mm-hmm. And you're right. Do you go after it or you just, you know, stay the course, strong tactically, bring on those players to make a, a difference later? I, um, you can't be critical at all. They haven't conceded. They've been very good. It, it was interesting, though, to hear Yannick Hansen saying he's painting his face. He's getting up in the morning. Yeah. And, and then it's time to leave daddy alone because he's watching the game. That 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 is... That is that love and passion of the sport uh, from a, a, a European person who just knows the value and how uh, big it is in in the country where you're from and when you watch and cheer on your side uh, against an England or whoever else for that matter. Bick Nazar, Craig McEwen here on Bick and the Boss. I can keep your thoughts coming in 650-650 on tomorrow's match or for your uh, – Watching along with bated breath that uh, right now with Italy and Spain, uh, the Euro 2020 will continue the conversation uh, in just a bit. But do want to get back to some of the hockey stuff. Game four wrapping up and game five coming up on Wednesday. You'll hear it on Sportsnet 650. Uh, but also with the Canucks, uh, the AHL team uh, in Abbotsford reports are uh, that they'll be called the Abbotsford Canucks. Uh, that one's from the Abbey News uh, putting out a story about that. And are you, you buying know, that? Are you are you buying what they're selling there? Listen, I I, I get the branding. I, I understand it. Top down, baby Canucks, whatever you want to, you know, mm-hmm. and, and but I was kind of hoping for a, a new name. Were you not just it's something different, something maybe tied to the, the, the franchise in some sort of way? Like, are, so, are you are you on board with this? I think there's a difference between what's best for the brand and the organization and what I want to see, right? Like I, I, like we always want something different. We always want the new idea and the new logo and the, 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 the new chance to associate to a team name. We, we always want that. But if you really sit down and think about it, what makes a lot of sense because of the proximity to the two teams now? Right, it's one thing for if they were the Utica Canucks, it'd be it'd be so weird. It's different when it's the province, and you've already done this. We are all Canucks sort of sort of thing, and you've tried to, you know, say the person that's a fan of of the Canucks in Vancouver is the same as the person that's cheering right now in Nelson. It's the same the person that's cheering in Prince George and Fort St. John, and you're building this provincial identity of we are all Canucks. And now the AHL team ends up in Abbotsford and says, you are part of this province and you are a Canuck. So from that aspect, it really makes sense from a marketing and branding personality or uh, idea to say, put this all together. This is who we are. We're the Canucks. So 
it, it, does it excite me to come up with new team names and all this sort of stuff? Absolutely, and it's a lot of fun. But I do think that differs from what's probably best for the brand. Well, and I guess, too, to be fair to the organization, they could come up with a different jersey, maybe a different logo, uh, still be called the Canucks, do something that's a little more Fraser Valley or Abbotsford specific. I mean, back in the day, the, the, the Flames probably couldn't have called them the Abbotsford or Fraser Valley Flames. They would have been ripped. So they, mm-hmm. they go with the heat because, you know, the heat comes off a of flame. Same sort of idea in that ballpark. But it was never really embraced because it was a Calgary organization to your point, because this is the provincial team, the Vancouver Canucks, the, the Abbotsford Canucks or Fraser Valley Canucks, however, they're going to brand it. Um, it makes sense, but I, I guess in, in my heart or my hope that it was, they were going to come with a different name, but that doesn't mean that they can't maybe do a different third Jersey or a different logo, a Johnny Canuck on on the jersey as well. We'll see what happens, but from the overall branding and overarching, you know, province-wide, you're right, support, it, it makes a lot of sense, although I was kind of hoping for something a bit different. Uh, catching up on the semifinal, the pens are over. Spoiler alert. Spoiler yeah, alert. Spoiler yes. alert. I'm, I'm trying to pause here. Spoiler alert. Italy is through and going to the final. They absorbed a hilarious amount of pressure. They didn't really park the bus. They were just kind of overwhelmed for large stretches of this game. They absorbed it, and they are advancing. This is, look, knockout stages in soccer, in March Madness, in NHL playoffs. When you're in elimination, you know, the, the phrase we always use, survive and advance. Right? It doesn't always have to be pretty, as we've talked about with England. It's not always pretty, this tournament, but they've survived and advanced. That's the goal. And Italy, I think you just say, this is 120 minutes, we survived. They're better than what they showed, uh, as we've seen throughout this tournament, but they survived, and they're advancing. <laughs> they are, and they're going absolutely nuts right now uh, in the stadium. But... The lead up in in the coin flip and and everyone you know talking yeah. about which end they're going to kick from and and all that there there was a familiarity almost between the two countries that was incredible and and you know now the Italians are are dancing around uh, totally celebrating the fact that they're moving on and you know what if you look at Italy from top to bottom start to finish they have been impressive in in how they've played to your point. Maybe a little lucky today against uh, a tough Spanish side, but uh, Italy is moving on to face either England or, uh, dare I say, Denmark. Do you, uh... Okay, so you're watching the penalties long right now too, right? So yes. Jorginho scores the winning penalty, and he does that little hop in his run-up. And as he went to go do it, the, the Spanish keeper dove the other way, and he just kind of passed it the other way. I don't know. It, it just... It feels so cheap when you do it that way. Like, <laughs> or it's, you could it's, say it's, great it's so composed and skilled. Yeah, and, you, you, you can know, because he scores and they've done it. But it's just, oh, I don't know. I, I saw that penalty. And it, it, it almost felt anticlimactic. That, like, Dunbar Lumber any... text inbox here. Dan Richo's loving life right now. Oh, Marcus yeah. No, I, yes. I, I, look, he's 15 minutes away from coming on the air for the people's show. Full show today. Uh, you know. Elliot Freedom is going to be joining, but I just feel like Reach has been going on for an hour. Just, yeah. just going off of what a great success. 
you know, managerial tactic class, uh, master class by Mancini in this one. Uh, survived and, you know, that, 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 that great Italian resolve. Riccio is going to be unbearable in 15 minutes. Yeah, can I, a couple of bros. Can I take the rest of today off as well, C-Mac? Yes. Yep. There we you're, go. You're Thank done. goodness. Yep, you're done. And, Thank and goodness. On the text line, uh, someone texting in about the, the jerseys or the mm-hmm. name out in Abbotsford. The Abbey Canucks should use the Flying V jerseys, but flip it around to rep the A. The Flying A jersey. Is that is that a, <laughs> is that a thing? I'm not sure. <laughs> And then uh, Sean from Waterloo, same jersey, but buy one jersey for the prospects and wear it as they move to the main squad. Plus, if you call up a player, the jersey is already set. See, there's Sean might be part Scottish like me, looking at the uh, the bottom line there from the cost case. benefit analysis. Of all yeah, hey, we're we're not just going to buy thirty or twenty five <laughs> jerseys for the big club. Make that order fifty or sixty. We we we've got them all. Bulk orders. Yeah, bulk yep. orders. That absolutely makes sense. Uh, Buddy in Surrey says 650-650. Something tells me the Spanish goalkeeper's nerves got to him and he flinched and made a huge, huge mistake. Yeah, look, it's psychological. Penalties are psychological. Uh, And and you win the battle of wits. I get it. It just... Well... You know, that that moment of just, like, smashing a penalty and you you run off. This was... Oh, yeah, I'm always going to remember that I hopped before I kicked it and the goalkeeper dove before I even got close to putting it in the net. Both the shooter and the keeper are looking for any type of advantage. And, you know, there's safeguards put in place, so you're not supposed to cheat too, too much. But let's be honest, both sides are trying it. So the keeper picks a side to go to and and does, and it looks so horribly bad when it goes awry. And and if Guess is right, then an easy save, and everyone's going, what is he doing? Why is he hopping? Why isn't he just smashing that down the middle into the – there's there's no – um, exact science when it comes to taking something from the spot. It, it's confidence. It's a cockiness. It's believing, I think, of what you're going to do as you step up there. Have conviction and just put it where you want it, and you're hoping that either the keeper goes the wrong way or can't get it. Did you uh, have a spot you always picked out? Yeah, like, what was your penalty routine? Besides hitting the crossbar and blowing it for my team? Um <laughs> Honestly, it was always bottom right. I've always felt by right-footed opening up, slotting it into that corner, and trying to put it in the side netting was was the best bet. Um, See, I was the top. And right then, guy. And, and, yeah, and the times I thought I was really going to go top, yeah, it's it's off the bar, it's off the the post crossbar, it doesn't go in, and and you've just crippled your team, and you just you feel terrible. <laughs> I see Randy Jandes tweeted a uh, a reaction to to Dan Riccio uh, the finals. You can go watch that on Randy's Twitter at Randy Janda. So yeah, we'll hear from Riccio coming up at three o'clock alongside Randy Janda and Satya Shaw again. Elliot Friedman joining the show at uh, four o'clock. Uh, we we mentioned this earlier. We'll bring it back. Um, you know, as we get ready for what these next. Uh, 11 days are going to look like prior to the roster freeze of the protection list and all this sort of stuff. And it's something I think we should probably throw by Elliot Friedman as well. Cause you know, money is going to be so difficult to move prior to uh, the expansion draft. And, and maybe we see some things, you know, kick up before then. But if you're in Vancouver and you're resorted to hockey trades right now, and the, the, the Arverson contracts and, and stuff like that are, are hard to come by because you don't want to give up assets. In your own clubhouse, how do you rank the guys that can that you can make hockey moves with right now? And it's, you know, 
Nate Schmidt's the guy, and I, I keep coming to the conundrum of like, is he a right sided D man? Is he your Edler succession plan that it is Hughes and then it's it's Nate Schmidt on the second pair? That could make a lot of sense. And I look at Nate Schmidt is is he right side, left side, or is he better suited to uh be on the outside and and, and be used as trade bait, C Mac? I if the Canucks need to do something bold and fix some problems, Nate Schmidt's probably the guy they have to use because he's he's got some value. He's, he's someone that another team would want to take. But I'm guessing and thinking that he's going to be back and will prove a lot of people, you know, not wrong, but but will show his worth, his true medal this year in in a more normal situation. We can only hope. Uh, yeah, it, it just. You know, if you put him on the left side, because they need top four D-men, right? If you put him on the left side permanently and say, this is your home, and you know, we, at times Schmidt and Edler didn't fit, but is it Meyer something that you want to explore? Is Hughes and Meyer something you want to explore, or is there a, a free agent D-man? Like, I, I do look at, you know, the Adam Larsons or Brandon Montour types. Is, are those interesting names that makes you, you know, you bring them in and makes you want to flip Schmidt to the left side? And that's how you kind of remedy the the structure of the defense right now. It could very well be. But again, what's that cost? Do they have the room to do so? There is just so much business to take care of in the in the idea of wanting to be aggressive and to make changes. And without, you know, a, a blank canvas and unlimited possibilities when it comes to your your cap situation and current contract structures. It is going to be challenging, to say the very least, to try and have the impact that you you want. And and again, people don't want to hear the word patience in Vancouver, but th- there there might have to be a little bit more patience paid this year to see what you can accomplish the following. Uh, Bick Nazar and Craig McEwen, six fifty six fifty. Some 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 thoughts on Dan Riccio. Uh, coming in as well to the uh, yeah the uh, lemoncello one that's 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 uh, good stuff that lemoncello how much do you how think much he's had <laughs> probably enough see the the concern with Richo is always the spros right because it, it crushes like four of those before showtime by the time three o'clock comes around it just it's too much it's too much well, what is what is more Italian is it a spro is it a lemoncello is it red wine is it is it a peroni beer like I, I don't I guess. Commercial drive might be the coffee houses. I'm trying to think what what is. I that mean, we'll find out on Sunday. Maybe Riccio is just crushing them all on Sunday. Well, if if, if they win, for sure he is. We're, we're but not. If they lose, Monday. you're in your misery, and you're like, oh, I gotta, you know, drink away my sorrows. Maybe for Riccio, I'm not sure. Yeah, perhaps, perhaps, but uh, I, I can only imagine how uh, excited he's going to be to to watch the final now. Well, I can't. I, I'm. I can't wait for how excited he's going to be in eight minutes when he uh, joins the airwaves here for the People Show. Uh, so we'll hear what Dan Reacher's reaction was to winning. Or well, he didn't win, but uh, it, but Italy advances over Spain in penalties uh, to go to the finals of Euro 2020. We'll see tomorrow if Denmark or England will meet Italy there. Dan Riccio, Satya Shah, Randy Janda on the way on the People's Show here on the home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650.